Now, listen, I am ready to jump in this teaching. I want to talk about what it means to renew your mind and how we practically do it. Now, listen, I grew up going to church. My grandmother raised me. I've been going to church my whole life. I used to go to Mission, BTU, um, prayer prayer meeting teachers mean if they had it we were baptist district meeting if they had it i was there and one of the things that i began to i understand was just a part of my life work that god was really bringing me into purpose is that even as a kid it always concerned me that there were people that were so faithful in church and their life wasn't changing And early on, I became very aware that it was more than just an issue that people didn't love God, that there had to be some gaps that existed. And I remember when I discovered the scripture, Romans 12 and 2, um, I'm going to say it out of the King James before we pull it up, guys. You know, in Romans 12 and 2, it says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is that good, perfect and acceptable will of God. And I began to think about that we're given an instruction that many of us don't know how to do. It's really the bedrock of all of the work I do as a professional soul shifting because I got so tired of seeing believers, people who love Jesus, people who faithfully come to church, people who are trying to do the right thing, who did not seem to understand how to actually transform their thinking. So tonight we're going to be talking about that. So let's just set a foundation. So I want to talk about what it means to renew our minds and how we practically do it. I also want to share a couple of things that we need to watch out from that can hinder us from renewing our minds. I think it is so important that we understand that once we accept Jesus, we should spend the rest of our lives learning how to live and living as the new creatures we become. Did you hear what I said? Once we've accepted Jesus as our personal savior, we should spend the rest of our lives learning how to live and living as the new creatures we have become. So it's going to be a lifelong process, right? We're going to get revelation. We're going to learn we should be living this way because it matches our new creation. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. I need all my new creatures to show some sign in the comments. If you have been born again, you've accepted the Lord Jesus as your personal savior and you are a new creature, then I need you to I need to hear you say something. But I also need you to know how to live as a new creature. I don't know about you, but I can remember being frustrated in my early born again years because I wanted to live better but I didn't necessarily live better. Does anybody else know that frustration? If you know that frustration, put a one in the comments. I wanted to live better. I was sincere when I gave my life to the Lord Jesus Christ, but I didn't actually know outside of going to church and praying, I didn't actually know what I needed to do in the realm of my thinking to change my life. And how many of you know that that can be so frustrating? I spent a lot of time in my four, my first years in Christianity being frustrated. Why? Because I was like, Paul, baby, the thing that I wanted to do was not the thing that I was doing. And the thing that I didn't want to do was the thing that I was doing. And I felt like that I just spent so much of my relationship with God repenting. It was just a cycle of me doing stuff I didn't have any business doing, 
feeling about doing stuff I didn't have any business doing, telling the Lord I was sorry and saying that I was going to change, and then ending up being in the exact same situation when the pain wore off. Well, I want to submit to you that that is because I was trying to live a new life with willpower. I was trying to live a new life with willpower. I was trying to will myself into living a new life. And many of you, you can relate to that. You try to will yourself into living a new life. Now, I'm going to make this shameless plug right here for the Holy Spirit. You will never live effectively as a believer until you are filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit and you need to get filled as often as you can because there is always more and more and more and more of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one, the Bible says he will lead us into all truth, but he restrains us, he corrects us. Here's how we know we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because the Bible talks about exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit come from the Holy Spirit. If we don't have the Holy Spirit, how can we have his fruit? What is that fruit? Long-suffering, patience, mercy, kindness, loving kindness, those things that many of us struggle with on a day-to-day work because we either aren't filled with the Holy Spirit because you grew up maybe in a denomination like I did that said it wasn't necessary or you've been filled, meaning that you went up went up, prayed, got filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence speaking in tongue, but you're not partnering with the Holy Spirit every day. This work that I'm talking about, how to renew your mind, is really going to talk to you about the practical things you need to do to partner with the Holy Spirit. How many of you want to partner with the Holy Spirit? How many of you don't want to be frustrated anymore? How many of you want to get off the sin cycle? You want to get off the sickness cycle? You want to get off the foolishness cycle? You want to get off the depression cycle? You want to get off the being offended cycle? You want to get off the unforgiveness cycle? Can I hear you if you're like, man, I want to get off the cycles and I want to live the life that I know the Lord Jesus has for me. I'm thankful for the progress that I've made, but I know there is more. If you know there's more, I want you to put in the comments. I know there is more. I know there is more. So we have to acknowledge that there are many things that we have learned and currently know that do not align with the kingdom of God. We must acknowledge that there are many things that we have learned, that there are many things that we know that do not align with the kingdom of God and that keeping those beliefs, no matter how familiar or how comforting, will prevent us from living the John 10 and 10 life that Jesus came to give us. I see we have somebody from Kenya. Welcome from Kenya. Praise the Lord. So listen, if we don't acknowledge that just because we have we got born again, that our minds did not immediately change, it leads to this cycle of frustration because we don't know that there is work we have to do. Now, I want to say it like this. I cannot earn salvation. You cannot earn salvation. Salvation is a free gift. Come on and put free gift in here while you share this broadcast with somebody on this Wednesday night. Salvation is a free gift. 
but there is a response for those that have met Jesus. And I don't think we say it that way enough. I cannot earn salvation, but I can respond to salvation. How can I respond to salvation? We're going to look in the scripture tonight and we're going to see that. So to, we, we have to acknowledge that because we live in a fallen world with fallen beliefs, that even some of our most popular mantras contradict the word of God and keep us from living days of heaven on earth. Now, I'm going to give you a very good example. A couple of years ago, there was this saying that came out at the end of that year and everybody was so hyped. And it says, I am going after everything that God has for me. I am going after everything that God has for me. Now, how many of you have ever seen that saying or you've said that saying, I'm going after everything that God has for me? And it seems so good because, you know, like when we're looking out on social media and people are making these comments and stuff. Oh, yes. Yes, Sean Strickland. I'm going after everything God has for me. Yes, Coach Vaughn. I'm going after everything that God has for me. But what if I told you? That that saying, even though it has God in it, is a direct contradiction to the word. It is a direct contradiction to the word. Thank you, Loretta. That's my classmate from Fort Eyes. We graduated high school together. Thank you for being here tonight. She said, I did say it. And I know you weren't the only one that you said, I'm going after everything God has for me. But you need to know that to say that is in direct contradiction to the scripture. Why? Because what does Matthew 6 and 33 tell us? What does Matthew 6 and 33 tell us? It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all of the things will be added unto you. Do you see that difference? So it seems like a godly thing to go, oh, I'm going after everything God has for me. But the scripture actually gives us a different instruction. The scripture says, go after God and its righteousness and the things will be added. Now, can you see how you can be a born again believer who really is just trying to live out your purpose the way that God told you to? But you now took a mantra and made it in, and, and let it replace the word of God. So now you think that it's the will of God for you to be so busy working on your business that you don't have time to pray. You think that it is the will of God to have your kids in so many activities that they don't have time to watch Victory Zone because you're going after the thing. But tell your neighbor, we're never called to go after things. We're called to go after God. Now, that doesn't just mean we sit around in a field of lilies all day. No, what that means is we get up every day, fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, and we follow his instructions. So are we still going to build businesses? Yes. Are we still going to build ministries? Yes. Are we still going to parent our kids? Yes. We're still. Are we still trying to believe in God to get out of debt? Do we still want optimum health? Yes. But we're doing it from the position of going after God instead of going after the thing. And I believe that that's the reason that so many believers are frustrated, because when we don't go after God, we end up chasing things or chasing the people who we think can get us the things. Well, what happens 
when God told you to go left, but all the experts went right. If you believe in this mantra that you are to go after everything God has for you, then what ends up happening is that you end up frustrated to why you don't see what God said, or you do see what God said, and you're exhausted. Your head is always hurting. Your health is failing because you are positioned in the wrong way. This is not just sitting here every day, not doing anything, right? I love it. Pastor Edwin is a perfect example of this. Anybody who knows Pastor Edwin knows that Pastor Edwin is a list guy. This guy makes a list every single night before we go to bed. And do you know what he does every single morning? He submits that list to the Holy Ghost. He says, these are all the things that I need to get done today. And I am asking you to help me get them done in the way that they need to be done. Now, here's the reality. Pastor Edwin, for me, is typically not going to move item number 10 to spot number five. But I have watched him time and time again move something from the bottom of the list to the top of the list because the Holy Spirit said so. That is what it looks like to practically have a plan, but to walk with the Holy Spirit. How many of you throughout your day are submitting your list, your goals, your things to do to God? Or are you just going through? doing what it is you think you need to do and sometimes being frustrated because you went to the wrong store. And if you had stopped, the Holy Spirit would have said, don't go to that store, go to this store instead. But you went to that store because it was your favorite store and it was completely out of the thing that you were looking for. Listen, so we want to talk about how to renew our minds. So we want to walk through what it means to renew our minds, how we practically do it, and some of the enemies to our transformation. I love what Coach Vaughn said. He says, before I train, I ask God what he wants me to do while I'm driving to work. Now, for those of you who don't know it, Coach, Coach Vaughn is a premier coach who teaches, who coaches track kids who go to all types of high levels, even professional level because of his work. But he says on his way to work, he is asking the Holy Spirit, how he should train today. How many of you ask God today, how should I run this day? Can y'all put that in the comments? Holy Spirit, how should I run this day? Or do we think we know so much? Or have we so bought into mantras like um, give God the big things and manage the little things because God gave you common sense? How many of you know that common sense and God sense are not the same? There is a place for common sense, like you shouldn't step in the middle of traffic, but God sense is the best kind of sense you can have. What's another word for God sense? Wisdom. Can y'all all put wisdom in the comments? Wis when we stop to say, Holy Spirit, how should I run this day? Holy Spirit, I have these three things I need to get done that are so impressing. Holy Spirit, I have this client that I that has this recurring issue. What do I need to say to them? Holy Spirit, I've got this problem in math. Holy Spirit, I'm struggling in chemistry. Holy Spirit, I'm struggling in this. Or Holy Spirit, I'm doing an amazing job in this. Is there a way I can do it better? Because we don't just have to talk to the Holy Spirit when we're not doing well. 
We can at, we can even say, Holy Spirit, I, I, they say I'm doing a good job of this. How can I level this up? What do you understand about this that I don't understand about this? What do I need to do? Is there a way to do this more efficiently? Is there a way to do this more effectively? Is there a way to do this so I'm not as stressed out? Holy Spirit, take the lead. Everybody put that in the comments. Holy Spirit, take the lead. So what does it mean to renew our minds? We're going to look at Romans, the 12th chapter, the first through the 12th verse in the NIV. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, guys, I want us to back up. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, how many of you know that God has been merciful to us? How many of you know, wave your, the old folks say, if I couldn't do nothing, i just wave my hand. How many of you know that God has been merciful to you? How many of you know that if it was not for the mercy of God shown through the Lord Jesus Christ, we would still all be making sacrifices, blood sacrifices. But because he shed his blood for the remission of our sin, we have received salvation is an ultimate act of God's mercy. Come on, put that in the comments. So salvation is the ultimate expression of God's mercy. He has been merciful to us. Now it says in light of this mercy he has offered us, you offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God. So it says, I'm urging you in light of God's mercy towards you that you would offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy, pleasing unto God, this is your true and proper worship. Now, I want to read it out of the Amplified. In the Amplified, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, I beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies presenting all of your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, wholly devoted, consecrated, and well-being, well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. And do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourself what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Hold on. Look at what the Amplified is saying to us. Go back to verse one. He says, I'm begging of you in light of God's mercy. Now, we all, all 75 of us said God has been merciful. Yes, we all said that. 
He says to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, wholly devoted and consecrated, well-pleasing to God. Let me ask you a question. When you ask Jesus into your life, maybe you say, I didn't do it then, but I did it at some point. Did you make a decisive dedication of your body presenting all of you as a living sacrifice to him? I'm going to tell you that most of us didn't even know that we should do it. I was thinking about this today that we try to get into Revelate, I mean, to Romans 12 and 2 that says, don't be conformed to this world. But part of not being conformed to this world starts with verse 1. I have to make a decisive dedication of my body to him. Have you made a decisive dedication of your body to him? I want to say this to you. I, I, I want to say this to you because I want to show you why we struggle sometimes. Do you realize that the reason that so many believers struggle to stop cursing is that you never gave God your mouth? Do you realize that the reason that so many believers struggle with sexual sin is that you never gave God your body? Do you realize that the reason that so many believers struggle with what we eat, what we drink, and what we do is that we never made a decisive dedication of our bodies to the Lord? Now, we said, Jesus, I want to be saved. Jesus, I don't want to go to hell. Jesus, I want you to come get me. Don't let me be out here in this rapture. But did we say, I give you all of me? This is a good time for some of you to say, God, I give you all of me. So what happens is we are coming to God with fragmented selves. What do I mean? We want to go to heaven, but we don't want to offer him ourselves. And then we wonder why. The things that he says should happen to us in life aren't happening to us, but how can they be happening to us when we have tried to give God our spirit while we kept our soul and our bodies to ourselves? Now, I don't want to go to hell, but I can still drink as much as I want to. And I don't want to go to hell, but I still want to get high. I don't want to go to hell, but I still want to have the right to lay down my religion and cuss you out. I don't want to go to hell. Now, I don't want to go to hell, but I want to live like hell when I see fit. A dedicated decision to God says that when I find out something is displeasing to God, I then do number two. Number one is to present myself as a living sacrifice. I've dedicated myself to you. Number two is then to begin to renew my mind to what I've dedicated myself to. Now, listen, if we all tell the truth, how many of y'all have ever been in a situation and you told the Lord, if he just gets you out, you're never going to do it again? Because I need everybody to put this in the comments. Willpower is not enough. I have to give myself to the Holy Spirit and say, you are the boss of me. You are the boss of me. I don't own my body. 
So if you say we don't have sex outside of marriage, I don't have sex outside of marriage. If you say we don't watch porn, and he does, we don't watch porn. If you say we don't get drunk, we don't get drunk. If you say we don't overeat, we don't overeat. I've got to dedicate myself to the Lord. How many of you right now say, you know what? I can understand the cycle why I'm always repenting. I can understand the cycle while I'm always coming back and forth between a backslidden state. I asked Jesus into my life, but I never gave him me. And if you want to give the Lord you tonight, put a five in the comments. Lord, I want to give you my whole self. I want to give you my whole self. Withholding nothing. You can have all of me. So I live how you tell me to live. I move how you tell me to move. When you say repent, I repent. When you say um, when you say forgive, I forgive. When you say fast, I fast. When you say don't date them, I don't date them. I made a dedicated decision tonight to present my body as a living sacrifice. And I love this. It says, it's your reasonable service. Can you turn and tell your neighbor, say, it's the least you can do? It's the least you can do. Jesus gave his whole self for you. It, the least you can do is give yourself back. Lord, I'm sorry for thinking I had the right to belong to you and still cuss people out. Lord, I apologize for thinking that I had the right, that I belong to you, but I still date people you tell me not to date. I, 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 I apologize for every time you told me to stop eating and I took one more bite. I, 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 I apologize for the times that you told me to let it go and I had to say one more thing. I apologize for not saying what was wrong when you said it was wrong. Now let's go, because verse two, it says, do not be conformed to this world. And I was thinking about this. Guys, I want y'all to think about this. It says, do not be conformed to this world, this age fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. Do you understand that if you are an athlete, if you know an athlete, if you know an entrepreneur, if you know somebody dedicated to be a good parent, that we pride ourselves in giving our all to the thing God gave us, but not our all to God. Somebody better help me. We pride ourselves and get, I'm going to go, if you're an athlete, baby, I'm going to put my body in tip top shape. I'm, I, I pride myself in giving my all to the thing God gave me, but not the thing, but, but not God. Because how many of you can acknowledge if you've ever been an athlete, you a parent, you, you, you do anything that you have done some things for your kids that you didn't feel like doing, that you have done some things as an athlete that you didn't feel like doing, that you have done some things as a ministry leader that you didn't feel like doing. And some of you have done things for jobs that you don't even like better than him. Now, think about this. You will give your all to being a great parent, but you won't be give your all to the God who gave you the kids. 
You will give your all to your talents and your gifts, but you won't give your all to the God who gave you the talents and the gifts. Let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says that is the way of the world. Do not be conformed to this world. Fashion in the natural. I want y'all to think about this right now. I just I want you to think about your own mindset. Right now, if somebody decided, people do it for high school kids. They move high school kids across the country because they believe it's the way they can be the best athlete. They send high school kids to different high schools so they can get into Ivy League schools. People move to New York, to Atlanta, to L.A. because they want to be actresses and actors or be in the music industry. But if you told somebody that you were moving for a church, most believers would tell you it doesn't take all of that. You know why? We got a world mindset. We got to get rid of that mindset. See, I'm telling you this, this mindset, because we live in this fallen earth, a lot of this stuff that we call common sense is actually anti the kingdom. There are people now who drive once a month and fly once a month to come to our live service. And people say to them, you are crazy. Why would you do that? But those same people will drive across country to watch a basketball game. They will drive across country during football season. They will drive across country for their kids to be in AAU basketball. But when it comes to God, everybody's always telling us it doesn't take all of that. Everybody's always telling us you don't have to be that extreme. Where did you get that from? You got that from the world. Come on, somebody put it in the comments in the back end. You will travel to go to a concert. You will travel, get an outfit. And some of the same people who will not travel for church to get in a church that's changing their life, who cannot drive to be in a church that's changing their life, will, will burn the road up for a kid who sits on the bench. Don't y'all want y'all want me to talk about y'all babies and some of y'all babies you, and ain't nothing wrong with it because that's what parents should do. But you'll invest all of this time and this energy to give your kid every opportunity. And by the time they in the 10th grade, that, they're not even interested in that sport anymore. They don't even want to do that anymore. We'll go out of our way for all of those things. We'll go out of our way for our entertainment. But where did we get that from? We got that from the world. The world says be sold out for your dreams, but it doesn't take all that for God. Be sold out for your purpose. Do you know that there are some mothers and some fathers right now that you would not be so frustrated with your kids if you put God first? Because God would speak to you about how to parent your kids so that you weren't so stressed. He'd tell you where the money was coming from. He'd tell you how to get all three of the kids to the activities and, and, and how to get other people to help you. I love what Pastor Chris just says. Say this. I make God priority in my life. Let's step it up. Say, I give God first place in my life. Nobody else deserves first place. 
My husband doesn't deserve first place. My kids do not deserve first place. Let me mess with some of you pastors and ministry leaders. My church does not deserve first place. My dreams do not deserve first place. Nothing deserves first place from God. But the great thing about it is, is that if I put God first, he will teach me how to manage all the rest of the stuff. When I put God first, and I say, okay, God, my kids need this. My husband needs this. My business needs this. The partners in our ministry need this. What should I do? He'll say, this is the way to do it. When I sit with him, he'll tell me the way to do it. Let's look at um, 2 Corinthians. Oh, wait, let me finish the Amplified. It says, why do you need to not conform to this, to this world so that you can prove for yourself, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God for your life, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in this sight for you? God isn't even asking you to do this because he's selfish. God isn't asking you to do this because he's an egomaniac. God is asking you to put him first and present yourself to him as a living sacrifice because it's the only way for you to prove for yourself God's goodwill for you. Can you see how why some of us have been frustrated? We have dreams. We have prophetic words. We have things that we know God has called us to do. We know that, right? But in our day-to-day -day living, we're not giving God first place. We're trying to get the God job without seeking God first. We're trying to make the marriage healthy without seeking God first. We're trying to have our kids and lead them and guide them without having God first. And so as a result of it, we're exhausted because we went after the mantra to go after everything God has for us instead of going after God and letting us teach him with the things. But we're changing tonight. We're changing tonight. If you're changing tonight, I want you to just say, if you're changing tonight, just, and you already decide, say, I just changed. Say, I just shifted. Because change starts with a decision. Change starts with a decision. 2 Corinthians 10, 30, um, 3 through 6. I just changed. I just shifted. 2 Corinthians 10, three through six. And if this is blessing you, can you share? Can you put some heart, some fire? Can you do that? Can you just help us out and just get it up in the analytics? Can you, can you tag somebody who need to watch it? Second Corinthians 10, three through six in the NIV, it says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Let me just break this down. We don't get it like the world gets it. When we're competing for a job, we don't get it like the world gets it. When we're raising our kids, we don't get it like the world gets it. What do I mean? It means that when we hear that God has something for us, we ask God how we get there and what to do. 
and we renew our mind because this is where I want us to really deal with this. That many of us really, really struggle because when God tells us something, now listen, when if I if this is you, I just want you to say ouch when I say it. When God tells us something, even if we do it, we don't believe his way was better. We don't believe his way was better. We make him prove it every time, which is indication that we are not renewing our minds. If that's you, just say, ouch. We do, when he tells us to do something, when, he, when you say, how am I going to manage my life? And he says to you, this is what I need you to do. We don't, but even, even some of us who do it, come on and tell the truth and get free. Even some of us who do it, we don't actually believe his way is better. We are actually still too enthralled with the world. We still believe the experts more than we believe him. It is the reason. Come on, just tell the truth. Has anybody ever had God to tell you to eat a certain way, to sleep a certain way, to manage your money a certain way, and instead of just doing what he said, you went out and looked and see what the experts had to say. I was thinking about this today when I knew I was going to teach. Guys, how many times have we delayed our own good, perfect, and acceptable will of God because God gave us an instruction and then we went and did something else? And how many of you have lived long enough to know that if you do that, eventually you're going to come right back to the thing he said? Why do we struggle with that? One, because how do we do this? So the first thing I have to do is what I had y'all do earlier is that I have to make a sacrificial dedication of myself to the Lord. I have to make a sacrificial dedication of myself to the Lord. I need to stop thinking God is my co-pilot and God is there to assist me. I am there to surrender to God and let him lead me. I think about this. Um, I, people put it on their car all the time. God is my co-pilot. And we think it's a cute little saying. But how God going to be our co-pilot when we don't even know the way we going? How he the co-pilot? How about he the pilot and we the flight attendant? But how is he co-ing us when we don't even know where we're going? We don't even know where we're going. We like, God, my co-pilot. Where? Where you going? You don't even, you don't know the way. How many of you know you don't know the way? Because you've been going around the same mountain five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. So I have to surrender myself to the Lord. Sacrificial dedication. The passage, this passage, it is urging believers to present their bodies as living sacrifice, which signifies a complete dedication of myself to God. I must completely dedicate myself to God. I really wish y'all could hear me. This is so much of our frustration. Do we love Jesus? Yes. Do we want to go to heaven? Yes. 
Do we want to live a good life? Yes. But most of us want to do it without the sacrificial dedication. We want all the good God has doing it our way. Go ahead and just say, I repent. This inner work requires us to surrender our own desires, our own ambitions, and our own self-centeredness. We think we are the center. God is the center. What about what I want? Somebody put in the comments, today the Lord told me not to eat hot sauce. Why would the Lord tell us not to eat hot sauce? Is it because the Lord know that if you eat hot sauce that tonight it's going to give you acid reflux? And then you're going to be asking the Lord to heal you from the acid reflux that you didn't even have to have? Ooh, this is good. So what is the first thing we do? Sacrificial dedication. In 2 Corinthians 8, 3 through 5 in the New Living Translation, I really just want to go to verse 5. It says, they did even more than we had hoped. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. I remember years ago, the Lord told me, he said, Sean, you can never be mad at anybody for not listening to you as the pastor when they don't listen to me. Ooh. He said, you can't be mad at people who just because they go to your church, he said, they in my family and they don't listen to me. You got to stop getting upset with people who don't listen to you, who won't listen to me. There has to be that sacrificial dedication. I give myself to the Lord. Number two, I have to have countercultural transformation. What does that mean in simple terms? I got to stop thinking that the world knows best. Let's look at 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Some of you may have never read this scripture. It says, do not love the world nor the things it offers you. Oops, we could have an altar call right now. Do not love the things or, or do not love the world or the things it offers you. So that means if it doesn't come for God, I have to so dedicate myself. Everybody put this in the comments. If God doesn't want me to have it, I don't want it. I know for some of you, it's a faith statement tonight. But you got to start saying, it. if God doesn't want me to eat it, I don't want to eat it. If God doesn't want me to drink it, I don't want to drink it. If God doesn't want them to be my friend, I don't want them to be my friend. If God doesn't want me to work there, live there, go to church there, I don't want it. If God doesn't want me to have it, I don't want it. It says, do not love the world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and our possessions. These things are not from the Father, but are from the world. And this world is fading along, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases the father will live forever. He says, listen, here's what the world is going to offer you. Physical pleasure. That's not just sex. 
That's watching too much TV. That's being able to watch TikTok for an hour, but you can't read your Bible, but for three minutes. It's going to offer you a craving for everything you see and pride in our achievements and our success. Somebody say, preach Bible. These are not from God, but from the world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases the God, pleases God will live forever. The next thing we have to do, we have to have mindset renewal through spiritual awareness. The heart of this process involves a change in our thought patterns, attitudes, and perspectives. This inner work involves intentionally replacing negative and worldly thought patterns with God-centered truths, wisdoms, and principles found in scripture. This means we must cultivate a heightened sensitivity to the Holy Spirit's leading and discerning how God's will align with our choices and our actions. 1 Corinthians 2 and 16, for who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. What does this mean? If you still with me, say, I'm still with you, pastor. If, if, if this means in a very simple way, once I find out what God likes, I like it. Once I find out what God hates, I hate it. No exception. Does that make sense? No, I want you to hear this. So if the Lord told you not to eat cheese anymore, you got to hate cheese. Cheese has to become not a food to you. If the Lord tells you don't move to Indiana, you got to hate Indiana. You got to be like, ain't you, you got to be like, if they offered me a billion dollars, I wouldn't go to Indiana. Some of you say, well, I go and repent. That just shows you have a mindset of the world. Somebody said, no, Miss Kawantha, um, um, I probably messed it up. I'm going to just say Miss Little. She said, no cheese. That's me. So how many times has God said, don't eat the cheese. Don't date the person. Don't be friends with them. Don't pursue this thing. And then you pursue it and get the full consequences of it. And then say, God, why did this happen to me? Why? Because I didn't dedicate myself. I didn't establish that I have a perspective that I know is countercultural. And I didn't develop mindset renewal that when I found out God wasn't pleased with something, I did not want it anymore. All right, we almost done. We almost done. Understanding God's will. That's the next thing we got to work on. The goal of renewing our minds is to better stay, understand and align with God's will. This involves seeking a deep and intimate knowledge of God's desires. Can y'all highlight that? Can y'all write that in y'all notes? This inner work involves a deep and intimate knowledge, a seeking a deep and intimate knowledge of God's desires. I just want to ask you this. 
I know you tell God what you want a lot, but do you know what God wants? I know you tell God what you desire a lot, but do you know what God desires? I know you spend a lot of time with your list, but do you sit before the Lord and say, but what do you desire? What makes your heart happy? When you created me, what did you have in mind? How would you like me to eat? Where would you like me to live? Where should I go to church? Where would you like me to serve in ministry? What kind of work would you like me to do? How should I exercise? How many hours? God, what do you want? What do you want? And then some of you in your heart say, I don't ask him because I already know what he wants and I don't want to do it. That just goes back to Romans 12 and 2. That Romans 12, that it says you have not presented yourself and you want the world's way. You want to be to do what the world does and get the Lord's blessing. And you're always going to be disappointed and frustrated. How many of you can see some things in your life? I want you to ask the Lord right now, what do I need to stop doing? And what do I need to start doing? And when you hear something, you ain't got to tell me what you hear. I want to put another, I want you to put a num number seven in the comments. Some of you, you already know what the Lord tell you because he tell you every single day. I want you to stop eating like that. I need you to quit smoking that weed. I need you to quit drinking wine every day. I know the Lord would never tell me that. No, you, you know the Lord would never tell you that because you the Lord in your own life. Personal growth. That's the next one. This renewing our mind requires ongoing personal growth and self-reflection. Somebody said um, in the comments, they said this is the kind of teaching that brings transformation because it's the kind of teaching that leads us to say to the Lord, am I living the way you want me to live? See, some of us, after we stop cussing people out and we stop fornicating, we thought that was all to ask. God, am I living the way you want me to live? Am I doing ministry the way you want me to uh, want, want me to do ministry? There are some of you ministry leaders that if you ask the Lord that, he would say, no, you're not because you don't take any time off. No, you're not because you don't spend any time with your um with your wife, with your husband, with your kids. No, you aren't. You're busy all the time, but that's not what I've called you to do. Some of you, he's saying to you, listen, I need you to exercise in the morning. You're like, I already get up so early in the morning. He's like, I need you to exercise in the morning. See, every time I say something, if it's you, you could just say, it's me, ouch. So there are all these things. So it's our opportunity to be self-reflective. Let's look at John 15, four through five. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So many believers are frustrated because you heard clearly about the goal. You heard clearly about the vision, but you are trying to do it apart from him. Chastity said, that's me exercising in the morning. I said to my friend the other day, I have just decided, this really is a very personal message for me. I have really just decided, I want y'all to hear what I'm saying. I'm too smart to be that stupid. What do I mean? I am too smart, meaning I can read and write and understand information. I am too smart 
for the Lord to keep having to tell me the same things and me doing my own thing and not getting the results the Lord said. Does anybody else want to come on over here with me and just go, you know what? It does not make sense. I have too many degrees. I have made too many A's in school for me to have things in my life for the Lord to keep giving me instruction because I have not dedicated that part of myself to him. I bring my whole self to him. So I got to embrace the truth. Part of renewing my mind is embracing the truth that God's word is the truth. It is the foundation for my beliefs and my actions. This inner work involves engaging in regular Bible study, meditation, and reflection to shape our understanding. John 17 and 17, sanctify them by their truth. Thy word is true. Now, I'm going to tell y'all something, and once I tell you, you're going to be accountable for it. Every sin is not listed in the Bible. So I want you to lean into what I'm saying. When the Lord has specifically told you, not your husband, not your cousin, you, to handle your life in a certain way or to not handle your life in a certain way and you don't do it, it is sin. So understand to God, this may be a little heavy, that if God told you to exercise in the morning and you refuse to exercise in the morning, it is the same as fornication. It is the same as murder. Because a lot of times we feel good because we like Pastor Chris, I thank God I ain't like that heathen over there. The Lord is like, this is why we all need grace and we all need mercy. But we all need to understand that when God tells us to do something or not to do something, and when we don't do it, that is sin. So when God has given us ways to handle our money and we don't do it, the Lord said to you, when you get paid after you tithe, I want you to save $100 every pay period, but you don't do it. And then a crisis comes and you wonder why you don't have the money because you don't follow the instruction in order to prove what is that good, perfect and acceptable will of God. Now, this leads to my last point tonight. You got to get some persistent effort. Renewing our mind is not a one-time event. It is a day-by-day, continuous, every moment, every second process. It is getting up today doing what I know he said. It is getting up today not doing the thing that he told me not to do. It is a continuous process. Matthew 24 and 13, he says, but the one who endures till the end, he shall be saved. 2 Thessalonians 3 and 13, it says, but ye brethren, be not weary in well-doing. I want, I believe somebody made a decision today that says, I'm going to stop starting over. And I'm going to stop starting over because I'm going to stop quitting. I'm, I'm going to stop quitting. How many of you, we're almost done. Give me five more minutes. How many of you can relate to this? I was thinking about this. I was thinking about things that I know the Lord told me to do. And praise the Lord, I have done some of the things that the Lord told me to do. But there are other areas I can look in my life that I modified what the Lord told me to do. And I modified I modified what the Lord told me to do because of the two enemies we need to look at. 
Number one, I either attempted to change my behavior without changing my mindset. I attempted to change my behavior without changing my mindset. What does that mean? So to the person, Chastity, for example, that said, the Lord told me to get up early and work out. You will never do it long term until you change your mind about doing it. You have to stop seeing it as a punishment. You have to stop wondering why he's asking you and not other people. You got to stop deciding that you love sleep more. You have got to change your mindset as you change the behavior. So what could you do for that? Chastity could say, okay, God, I know that you've asked me to work out in the mornings and I'm going to do it. Can you give me a time frame when you want me to work out? Can you also tell me why you want me to work out at that time? And once he says that to her, until he gives her another instruction, that has to become her truth. Can, has anybody ever done that? You heard what God said and you did it for a little while, but you got weary and well doing because you didn't change your mind. You were doing it out of compliance. You weren't doing it because you elevated your understanding. So when times got tough, when, when it seemed like you didn't have your savings goal, you did it when it was convenient, but you didn't understand. You didn't understand what God was saying to you. I love, oh, I love what, oh, yes, yes, keep walking. Obeying God is not a punishment. I love what Kristen said. I'm going to start saying I hate not working out. Instead of saying I hate working out, I'm going to say I hate not working out. That would be what the renewed mind said. If the Lord says working out is important to you, and I guarantee you he's told all of us to move in some capacity, what I should be confessing as somebody who doesn't have a world mindset is I hate not working out. And number two, so the first one is attempting to change my behavior without changing our mindset. And number two is valuing the world and the approval of others more than God. We done, guys. You can get ready to give your offering. You can call your offering today transform. But how many of you can say you started on a path? I, you started on a path. You even saw the blessing of the Lord on the path. But somebody came along and told you, Coach Vaughn, it don't take all of that. Kristen, don't you think you've done that long enough? And what happens is you start entertaining and you start valuing their opinion more than you value God's. And you don't even mean to, but before you know it, you have gone back on the thing. You say, you know what? When some people say, I remember when we used to drive to Conway, we used to drive two hours and 15 minutes from from the church, from our door to the church. And people would say, I wouldn't do that if I was you. We could not listen to those people because if we listened to those people, we were going to abandon the instruction of the Lord. You have got to stop valuing people and their approval more than you value God.
Amen. Listen, it's your opportunity to give tonight. There are so many ways to give in this ministry. We've already rededicated our life, but if you want to be a partner of this ministry, the Lord has called you to be a partner of this ministry, then you need to go to focchurch.com and you need to scroll down and fill out the partnership form. But the ways to give are Givelify, Pushpay, Tithely, and Text. And when you give tonight, I want you to call in the little notes on the giving. I want you to put transformed in your giving. I want you to go over these notes. I want you to meditate on this. I want you to do the things the Lord is telling you to do. And I want us all to grow up. Now, let me ask you, let me ask y'all a question. But after this teaching, do you now believe you have a practical understanding of what is required for you to renew your mind? If so, let me know in the comments. Do you have some understanding that you did not have before? Do you have some clarity that you didn't have before? Do you have some, oh, I get why this wasn't working. So I want you to do one last thing. Tell me what you understand that you didn't understand before as we go. As people are giving, tell me what you understand that you didn't understand. What do you get now that you didn't? get what are you gonna do different because because i see all the comments and i love when y'all say passion it was such a good message but it, you know you you can't live off a good message you gotta have some steps you gotta have some understanding so tell me what you get ivy says i understand that i must see god's commands as love towards me he is not punishing me Ever said, it is not a punishment. It is for my good. Pam says, give myself to him totally. Angela says, give him, give, put God first. What else we got coming in? Madeline says, dedicate my whole self, giving myself to God. Karen, I need to know what God's desires are. Vita says, I understand that I need to give my body to Tree said, I got to surrender my whole self. Sad says, every day when he get up, he go verbally give himself to the Lord. Regina says, come on, let's put Regina comment up. I cannot modify God's instructions to fit my comfort. Cynthia said, the Lord said, stop eating candy. So I got to stop buying it because I'm sinning because I keep on buying it. Well, especially if you eat it. Now, if you buy it, you don't eat it. But if you buy it, you eat it. Yep. All right. Um, somebody said something. I wanted that to be our closing statement today. It was the one about comfort zone. Just before I, I did Cynthia's. Can y'all find that one for me? Because that's going to be our closing statement as we go. Our closing confession. And in fact, I want you to put it on your page when you get through. Do y'all see it? This is our, this is how we end this tonight. I will not modify God's instructions to fit my comfort. I will obey. I will not put that on your page. I will not modify God's instructions to fit my comfort. 
I will obey. Thank you guys so much for joining me. I'm so glad I get to do a Wednesday, especially since I didn't get strategies for success. I appreciate that. Put the comment up one more time so people can see it. I will not. I will not modify God's instructions. For my comfort, I will obey. Put that down and let's get out of here. Post it on your own page. Everybody make that your declaration tonight. I will not modify God's instructions to fit my comfort. I will obey. We love you. We will see you with the rest of the week. Friday morning prayer at 6.30 a.m. And then on Sunday at 9 a.m. with Pastor Chris and Pastor and, and Elder Valley and me and Pastor Strick at 9.30. We will see you then. Y'all have an amazing night and thank you for hanging out.